podcast, every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Welcome to Leadership Podcast. We are in part three of a well, series we're doing on crucial conversations and leadership in life. And uh, last week's session started with the important acknowledgement that whenever I have a crucial conversation with someone, I have to start with my heart. What is my heart in the matter? What are my motives? What do I want to see come out of this? And then being able to stick with that graciously and tactfully. And so number one was know what you want and stay on point with that. And the illustration I gave was one Joe Grenny says he was in a meeting helping a a CEO named Greta and uh, she was meeting with her managers and they had been through six months of she was trying to get the managers to cut costs. It was not getting the response she wanted. And one of the managers stood up and said, Greta, I think the reason it's not is because a lot of us have concerns about your plans to build new offices and the furniture alone is going to cost $150,000 and you're asking us to cut costs. And she had a choice there. Do I, do I try to win this conversation by attacking the facts? Do I punish the questioner? for confronting me in public, or do I just uh, avoid and try to seek peace and ignore that this question was asked, uh, thereby continuing the dysfunction in the dynamic going on? And Greta, to her credit, Joe Grenny was actually in this meeting, while she initially tightened in her jaw and grabbed the rostrum, she, she, she relaxed herself. And in essence, she said, thank you for asking that question. Because that is, that is helping me understand how I can get to the core of why we're not getting the buy-in in this cost-cutting measure. Now, the question is, how did she remain so composed under fire? She said, and I quote, it was easy. At first, I did feel attacked, and I wanted to strike back. To be honest, I wanted to put that guy in his place. And then it struck me, despite the fact that I had 400 eyeballs pinned to me, A rather important question hit me like a ton of bricks. What do I really want here? What's the objective? And asking this question had a powerful effect on Greta's thinking. She realized very quickly that her goal was to encourage these 200 managers to embrace the cost-cutting efforts and influence others to do the same. Now, notice this. By transforming her motives, Greta simultaneously transformed the way she saw the individual who was asking the question. Seconds earlier, he looked like an enemy, But when her motives changed and she focused uh, uh, again on what the objective was, now all of a sudden the man looked like an ally. As a matter of fact, he had just handed her the best chance she could get to influence the audience by letting her publicly address a primary source of resistance to the cost-cutting effort. And so Greta moved to dialogue. And she began asking questions. She began acknowledging I didn't really keep uh, a good check on what the costs of the office renovation were going to be. I did not really have an understanding of the cost of the furniture. 
And so this very small mental intervention, the simple act of asking a potent question can have a powerful effect on redirecting our hearts. And this is the importance in any crucial conversation of the skill of refocusing your brain. Let's say you're speaking with someone who completely disagrees with you on a hot issue. And as you begin the conversation, you start with what we said is number one, you examine your motives. What do I really want here? really want, not what I think I want, what do I really want? And as the conversation unfolds and you find yourself stating to, let's say, defer to the boss or give your spouse the cold shoulder, you pay attention to what is happening to your objectives. Are you starting to change your goal to save face, to avoid embarrassment, to win, to be right, to punish? And here's the tricky part. Our motives usually change without any conscious thought on our part, because when adrenaline happens, courses through our veins starts doing our thinking for us, our motives tend to flow with that chemical wave. And in order to move back to motives that allow for dialogue, you have to be able to step away from the interaction, look at yourself, really sort of like an outsider. What am I doing? And if I had to guess, what does it tell me about my underlying motive? Hmm, let's see, I'm pushing hard. I'm making the argument stronger than I actually believe because I need to win. I'm doing anything to win. I've shifted from trying to select a vacation location to trying to win an argument. How did that happen? And before we know it, the, the conversation has digressed into division. The first step in healthy dialogue is being able to hit the pause button. To stop and recognize what has happened to me. What do I really want for myself? What do I really want for the other people in the meeting? What do I really want for the relationship? How would I behave if I really wanted those results? And by asking yourself what you really want, it actually affects your physiology. This is very critical. Studies have shown that as you introduce complex and abstract questions to your mind, the problem-solving part of your brain recognizes that you are now dealing with intricate social issues and not physical threats. Let me say that again. As you begin introducing complex, abstract questions to your mind, multiple, multiple inputs, the problem-solving part of your brain recognizes you're dealing with intricate social issues and not a physical threat. That's critical because when you present your brain with a demanding question, Your body sends very vital blood to the parts of your brain that help you think and away from the parts of your body that help you take fight or flight. And this is critical because of number two. This step is critical because, remember, number two, number one is to have a crucial conversation that's constructive, you need to know what your motives are, what the intent is is and stick with that even when you're being tempted to derail the conversation by winning, punishing, or uh, avoiding conflict. But number two, remember, is do not digress to making either or choices. Either or choices. Under the influence of adrenaline, we start to see our options as unnecessarily limited We assume we have to choose between getting results and keeping the relationship. What adrenaline does is it dumbs us down. And we don't even consider the option of achieving both. That we can get results 
and we can maintain the relationship. And this is why those who are skilled at crucial conversations present their brain with complexity and a more complex question. What do I want for myself and the relationship? What do I want for myself, the other person, and the relationship? Now, you'll notice that at first you resist this question. What do I want for myself? And that's it's a crucial step that you know what it is you want for yourself. But at first, you, you stop there. And this is because when our brain isn't functioning well, we actually digress to simplicity, to binary solutions, and we resist complexity. When actually... The very fact that we're having these disagreements means that, that the issue is complex. It's diverse. And so what we start doing is we embrace the ease of choosing between attacking or hiding. And the fact that we think it makes us look good. Oh, I'm sorry, but I just had to destroy the guy's self-image if I was going to keep my integrity. It wasn't pretty, but it was the right thing to do. And this is what Joe Grinney calls the fool's choice. When you require your brain to solve the more complex problem more often than not, you have overcome the fool's choice. The best dialogue people refuse the fool's choice of either or. Either I need to get results or I need to, or, or I need to keep the relationship. But wise people, people who are skilled, present themselves with tougher questions that turn the either or choice into a search for the all-important and ever-elusive and. The and. How do I get the results we need and maintain the relationship? So first, you clarify what you want. Well, you say, you know, what I want for my, is for my husband to be more reliable. I'm tired of being let down by him when he makes commitments that I depend on. And secondly, you clarify what you don't want. What I don't want is to have a useless and heated conversation that creates bad feelings and doesn't lead to any change. And thirdly, you present your brain with a more complex problem. What this means is combine the two into an and question that forces you to search for more creative and productive options than silence and violence. How, how can I have a candid conversation with my husband about being more dependable and avoid creating bad feelings or wasting our time? You see, it is possible to accomplish both. Now you say, well, wait a minute, you're living a pipe dream. Maybe you can speak honestly and still be heard in other organizations or in other families, but if you try it in this organization, you'll get eaten alive. Or you, you got to know when to fold if you, if, if you want to survive for another day. But it really is possible. It really is essential because it is the only healthy path. So let me review. People who are good at crucial conversations start with their heart. What do I want in this conversation? Clarify that, whether it's good or bad. What are my motives in this conversation? And then they do two things. They stick to what they know really does need to happen in the conversation. They stick to that main goal. They don't digress into winning, punishing, and avoiding. And number two, they don't allow their brain to go to simple either-or scenarios, but they allow their brain to embrace what's the genius of the and how can we get results and maintain the relationship until the next time on the leadership podcast this is charlie mackman thanks for listening tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith 
in life and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.